If you've been with us in the past weeks and months, we began the year with a new series uh, called The Heart of Jesus, and um, it just began with that desire in our hearts to know Jesus better. I guess we begin every year with that desire in our hearts, but we made it a deliberate thing as a church that we wanted to focus on the heart of Jesus to go deeper in our relationship, closer in our walk with him. And we looked in our run-up to Easter at particular events in Jesus' life, uh, but we've also been looking at different aspects of his heart from different scriptures around the New Testament particularly. And we've discovered that Jesus, if we didn't know already, is good news for all of us. He's good news for the discouraged and the frustrated and the weary and the disappointed and the cynical and the empty and the broken and the hungry and the faithful and the joyful and the expectant. And when you ask a question, what is in the heart of Jesus? You are Brenda. You're in the heart of Jesus. We are in the heart of Jesus. And he loves us. We've taken as our base camp for the messages that verse in um, Matthew 11, those verses, Come to me, says Jesus, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So today, I want to focus on the Father's heart and the heart of Jesus. Last week, I looked at the Holy Spirit and the heart of Jesus. A.W. Tozer says this, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So in this series, we've been looking at the heart of Jesus, and the heart of Jesus is the heart of God. So we're going to look at the Father's heart today. Jesus came to reveal one name of God above all, and that is Abba. Now, there are many names for God in the Old Testament, names the Jews would be familiar with. They would be from Genesis 1, Elohim, he's the creator. So Elohim said, let there be light, and there was light. Elohim said... Genesis 2, Yahweh, Lord God, covenant-keeping God. After he created mankind, he's a God of covenant. To Abraham, he reveals himself as God Almighty, El Shaddai. To Moses at the burning bush, I am who I am. Other names in the Old Testament, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. And we know the supreme revelation of God to us is Jesus because he puts edges on God. I'm so short-sighted that if I took my glasses off, you would be all a complete blur to me. You are. I put my glasses on and you all have edges and beautiful faces. And Jesus comes to reveal God with edges and his face and his love and his grace. But the greatest name that Jesus comes to reveal about God to us is Abba. 
Jesus comes to reveal the heart of the Father for us. I didn't know I had a heavenly Father until I met Jesus. And we notice that in the New Testament, often that word is left in the Aramaic, untranslated, because most of the New Testament, as you know, is written in Greek. And the word for father is pater. But often it's left through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as Abba. And we've prayed that prayer together, the prayer of the disciples that Jesus taught. Jesus didn't say, when you pray, say Elohim. He didn't say, when you pray, say El Shaddai. He didn't say, when you pray, say Yahweh. And all would be right and good and true. And we can pray in those names. But he said, when you pray, you say Abba, Father. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in the sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. No matter how old you are, you will always be a child. I know that as I speak to my parents every week. I sometimes wonder if they think I'm 56. (laughs) In their eyes, I will always be a child. Their baby. Jesus wants us to know that we are children of God with a heavenly father. Jesus wants us to know his Abba is our Abba. The Holy Spirit wants us to know that the Father is our Father, Abba. And I love it that the Holy Spirit deliberately inspired Paul when he wrote in Romans 8 to leave the Aramaic word Abba still in there. Because Peter would have sounded much more formal. So important that we understand it. That it is by the Spirit we cry, Abba. And when we cry, Abba, we are invited into the home life of the Trinity. Take a moment to just ponder that thought. When you cry, Abba, you are invited into the home life of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is more intimate than Father. It is Daddy. It is Papa. That is extraordinary. 
We know what that means. Hermie and I know what that means. When Karis was little and she was going through tough times or had a nightmare at night, she would not cry out, would the Reverend Philip Della come? I need you. Team leader of Camden Baptist Church. I am in distress. Mrs. Hermie Della, town librarian. I need you. She cried, Daddy! Mummy! I need you. And that's what Jesus wants you to know. And he is a perfect father. None of us are perfect fathers who are fathers. None of us are perfect mothers who are here. But we have a heavenly father, daddy, papa, Abba, who is perfect. It is the intimate name that Jesus came to reveal to us. Childlike, yes. Preposterous, yes. But glorious. We are invited to call God Daddy. We are invited by God to know that we are children of God, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. Jesus came to reveal to each one of us the Father's heart. In one of the most famous parables, the stories that Jesus told, in Luke 15 we have that story of the prodigal son, we call it. It's, It's not about the son, it's about the father. We call it the lost son, but it is more about a prodigal father. In Luke 15, verse 11 and 12, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Do you know I've read that parable hundreds of times, and I've never noticed that word between them. I kind of had the understanding that he just gave the inheritance to the one who asked for it, who was going to go off and just waste it all. He gave the inheritance to both. The older brother always had the inheritance, but never lived in it. The prodigal squandered his inheritance in wild living and we're told in the story, this wonderful story, when he came to his senses, he headed home. He turns for home. He has his speech prepared. He knows that he can just be like one of the slaves in the father's house because he doesn't deserve anything else and he turns to go home. He's got the speech ready, but from a distance, who's looking for him? His daddy. And when he sees him, he goes running after him. So undignified, hitching up his tunic and running to his son. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him, ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate 
And then in verse 31 and verse 32, it's the older brother who starts to complain. And the father says to him, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And we know that story because it is our story. And our cry for God, whenever it came, was drowned out for his cry for us. You think you shout loudly at God. He blesses you. He is speaking over your life. He loves you. He knows you. The prodigal father, the one who lavishes and squanders his love on you. We are unconditionally loved. Psychologists tell us that if children know that they are unconditionally loved, they will cope better with the challenges of life. One of the things that I experienced when uh, we have a prison ministry here in the church, uh, I had the privilege of doing some alpha courses in the prison, and the one thing that just struck me of all the people who came to the alpha course, well, there were a number of things that struck me. One, they didn't have to be persuaded that they were sinners. They started way ahead of everybody else. But the sad thing that I came to know was not many of them had fathers when they grew up. They were absent. Simon Ponsonby says this, 90% of homeless and runaway children come from fatherless homes. That's extraordinary. 85% of youths sitting in prison come from fatherless homes. Where are the fathers? There is a generation longing for a father. But I know this, there is a father longing for a generation. The Father's heart is the same as the heart of Jesus. It is full of compassion. God is not distant. He has come for us in Jesus, our Savior, who is gentle and humble in heart. And Jesus says, the one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I know because this has been asked me just in the last few weeks. How could the father, if he is so loving, allow his son to go through the suffering he did? Because I wouldn't allow my children to do that. And I think that's a brilliant question. (laughs) And no glib answers. Is it the father that demands justice for sin and the, the son that pays the price for sin? Well, we know that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit agreed in eternity past, all of them together, to redeem a sinful humanity. In that covenant redemption, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit agreed upon it. And Jesus is being obedient, yes, to his Father, but obedient to what he agreed to. They are in this together, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We do not worship three gods We worship one God expressed in three persons. 
2 Corinthians 1 verse 2 and 3 says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, or another translation is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. In John 14 verse 8 One of the disciples, Philip, asks Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In Jesus, we see heaven's eternal heart walking in time and space. And as we consider the Father's heart this morning, we remember that he is the father of mercies and compassions. The gentlest way that you treat yourself, and I hope that you are gentle with yourself, is less gentle than the way your heavenly father is treating you and wants to treat you. Jesus says in uh, John 16, verse 27, the father himself loves you. So when you say Abba, and we're going to say it in worship together as we come together to express our love for God afresh, to experience his love afresh, we are invited into the home life of Jesus. It is the cry of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It is our privilege to call him Abba, Daddy, So do you know him as your Abba? Do you know that you are his child? Do you know you are loved? That you are heirs to the kingdom of God and co-heirs with Christ? Let the Lord who wants to affirm it in you today testify to your spirit. I want you to become a child again today. We all get so grown up We need to become children again. I read a funny statistic this week. Children laugh about 150 times a day. That's one for you, those of you who just laughed at that. Adults apparently five times a day, so you're doing well twice already this morning. That says something, doesn't it? We get so serious. Become a child again today. Come to the heart of God. Come to the heart of the Father, the Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sally and the band, if you can come. We're going.